the Dovi to be here. My wife read an article over, the, over, this, over this last couple of days. My wife read an article and she said, Daniel, you've been saying this for years. You'll like this article. I want to share with you a Tom's the basic of the article. This is the joke portion of, they're not a joke, but it's the lighter portion. There's, there's some, there, there are two topics I want to share, but I'm really introducing both topics to the guys. Levy, I want you to hear. Daniel, I want everybody to hear. Dovi, Dovi, this is important. I think important. So the article, Svi, the article spoke how people, I'm going to try to word it. I have a different wording than he worded, the, the author of the article. The article is, is somebody wrote over a shear from Reb Leichter. Reb Leichter is a Yidin Eretz Yisrael who's a very big thinker, a Balmusser. He was the Mashkiach in Hebron for a short while. He's somebody who's an intelligent, intellectual thinker who, who's a Balmusser, very, very intelligent person. He's wrote some very nice Svarim. He's a clear, unique thinker. And in the article, he writes, this is, he didn't write the article, it's written based on his stuff. And the guy writes, in our own kids, he says that you should listen to their story, not just the facts. We get lost in the scorecard, the report card, and we ignore the story. He said a case where this guy's kids had all the grades. He was the best guy in his elementary class, eighth grade. And by all the grades, he should be sent to the top yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. Because he's, look, look at his grades. He was a top kid in the class. And his grades suggested he should go to like this fiery yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. He said if you're a scorecard yid and you don't know your kid's story, so then the scorecard suggests, hey, look at his grades. He belongs in Yeshiva X. And he begged, I, it's funny, I was at a convention of people and I said, lean into your kid's story. And somebody raised their hand and they said, I don't speak Yiddish. I don't know what you mean. They, I don't think, I don't know till today if they were joking or not. I didn't say a Yiddish word. I said, lean into your kid's story. They didn't know what lean in meant. They thought it was like a Yiddish expression. And I'll tell you what I mean. There are people that are clueless of their children's story. I'm very into yeshiva knowing your own story. There are people that are clueless about their own story and clueless about their kid's story. There's a whole new type of psychology called narrative psychology. Now, I don't need the world of psychology coming from Torah, Yiddishkeit, basics. Know your story. Understand your story. I want a guy to be able to say his story. He has clear his own journey and story very clearly. With your children, if you're a scorecard type yid, so that kid, you know how many times I've been told, my kid was the best guy in yeshiva and suddenly he's not Shemesh Shabbos. You're a scorecard person. He was getting good marks on his bechena. He was a lamdin. What was going on inside? He was miserable. Forget he was miserable. Even he wasn't miserable, by the way. What, he, rev, 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 this, this rav, he, he described this rav, that a guy is doing well in eighth grade. Do you know there could be three different possibilities? Firstly, he might be very competitive, and he's a three. Threes are very competitive. And he wants to be the best guy in his class. He, has, he doesn't like learning. If you know him, he doesn't enjoy learning. If he'd be alone in the world, he wouldn't open a safer. But he's the best guy in his class. Yeah, of course, he's competing. 
Now that guy, if you know him, when he goes to a top place and he can't compete, he will fall like a beast. Because he doesn't enjoy learning. He's just competing. That's one guy. So if you're a scorecard, yeah, he has great grades, the biggest one, he's a masmid. He learns till late at night and he's competing. Because when he learns till late at night, the Rebbe... Do you know your kid's story? See, he's the top guy in the class. That's not his story. That's a scorecard. Identify. And it's very normal. Maybe he's a good competitor and he's doing very well. And in the class, he gets a lot of... Cup. He's, he's competing. By the way, maybe he likes attention and he wants the Rebbe and the teachers and his friends to like him. He has esteem problems and he's the best guy in the class and a lot of people like him for that. So it's not competitive. He just gets positive feelings towards him. That might be true. And by the way, he might have a relationship to Tyra. That might be true. There are three possibilities. There are three possibilities. All my kids and every guy who's here, I want you to come to a place in your learning that you don't just, it's, it's fine if you're learning to be a good boy. You might be here to be a good boy. You know the person who says it at the Shabbos table like you're being a good boy? So you say, family? Okay. It says in the parish, very nice, you're a good boy. And I'm proud of you for being a good boy. And then, do you know it's possible to have a relationship to Torah that you want to learn, that you're interested in what Hashem is saying, and it matters in your life? That's a relationship to Torah. It's not about being a good boy. Those people have the easiest time to learn. A guy learns, why can't it happen to me? And it's Chavrusa Shtark. <laughs> You don't have a relationship to Torah. I don't know if you care about learning. Now, don't worry. Don't panic. Don't panic. Just figure out ways to make a relationship. But actually, you know, you could go on a date and the girl wants to hear that you say a Dvar Torah. You're a from guy. You said a Dvar Torah. And then the girl actually could want to know what the Torah says. I'm just so excited he said a Dvar Torah. He's from. No, he actually cares what it says in the Torah can actually have a care and a relationship to Tyra. So this Reb Leichter said, know your kid's story, your decisions will change. You might not send him to a top place, and he might be the top kid in his class, but it could be he shouldn't go to an intense place. He doesn't really like learning much, and that's normal, by the way. And he's competing. I don't know if I want him to compete there, and I don't know if that's good for him. You have to figure out. Reb Leichter was begging, know your kid's story. Now I say to everybody here, know your own story. Know your story. Understand your story. Don't just be a stats yid. Get the story yid. I want to share and I want to learn Chumash. We're not trying to be good boys. I want to lean into what Hashem is teaching us for our lives. And there's an aspect of Yiddishkeit. I, if you want to hear a Gishmak Advar Tyran, you're being a good boy. It's not your type so much, Hevrus. I'm not so worried about this. But I ask you, I want to share with you what Hashem teaches us. Yitzias Mitzrayim, these parishes get me fired up. Because Yitzias Mitzrayim is very, very marked in Yiddishkeit. We put on tefillin, Yitzias Mitzrayim. Mezuzah, Yitzias Mitzrayim. Yitzias Mitzrayim, twice a day we say Kriyashma. Zechel Yitzias Mitzrayim, the third parish of Kriyashma. Kiddush Friday night, my favorite Kiddush Friday night. Zechel Yitzias Mitzrayim. We are busy with getting out of Egypt. 
Gosh, for a guy who doesn't like museums, who doesn't want to talk history, who says what was, was Yehuda, we are awfully busy with getting out of Egypt. You guys are like fixated. If you know anything, there's, some, there's something called Asperger's. Autism, somebody could have, be autistic. There's somebody on the spectrum. They're not autistic. Asperger's people could get married, could have children. They're not, an autistic person also can, but Asperger's is more, much more common. It's called on the spectrum. People on the spectrum have Asperger's tendencies, autistic tendencies. They're very nice people. They tend not to feel what others feel. There's certain symptoms they have. One of the symptoms, they can get fixated on one thing. They like trains. People like, they get like crazy. Don't worry, if you like one thing, you guys say, I root for the next. It's a specific, but you get fixated on a certain thing. And they like, they, they like focus. Trains is like a classic. You have like a 60-year-old guy and he's into trains his whole life. It's a very Asperger's type of thing. They get fixated on one thing. That's just have one. So in Yiddish, we seem, we're like so fixated on getting, you got out of Egypt. Like, oh, deal with it. Get over it. I don't know. I'm proud. No, we're busy getting out of Egypt. We like pound it. We're like fixated all day. Guys are in Tefillin now. You guys like, could you chill out? with this getting out of Egypt deal. You're so, you walk in in a room, getting out of Egypt, out of the room, getting out of Egypt. The mezuzah is all about Egypt. At least one aspect of mezuzah. We're so busy with getting out of Egypt. Friday, every Friday night, like, Morty, move on. Like, clearly, getting out of Mitzrayim is very relevant in our lives, very practical. So I want to study something about it, but not to be a from boy, not, not being good boys. I want to hear Hashem tells us how life works. What I'm going to share with you, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is like, it's, it's in our lives big time, and God said it should be in your life. Whoa. And Hashem who knows me, every thought, is, knows his chayker, klayas, filets, knows my insides. My creator says this, you should just be busy with this. The Ramban talks that was so busy with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It's probably the biggest theme in Judaism, leaving Mitzrayim. Leaving Egypt, oh, you guys are busy. Goodness gracious, move on. <laughs> you know, you meet a guy who like tells you day and night about camp he went to. Like in sixth grade, he went to Camp Bunnim. Enough, I, enough. I'm sure Bunnim was great. It's a great camp. Trust me, wonderful. The, the best there. It was so cool. I don't know, good, but could like like move on. You, you've ever met a guy like stuck in the past and all day he talks about Waterbury guys. I like that. Like move on. Already inherits Israel. Like enough. If I if you talk about Waterbury one more time, I'll punch you in the nose. <laughs> Move on. Like live life. What, what do you Waterbury? Enough Waterbury. Enough Genukshain. What's wrong with you? Be present. What's happening? What's what's going on in your life? What's happening by you? What's present in your life? And what's present in our life is Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We don't, we're like, we're like fixated on Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Clearly it's not history because God doesn't put us in the past. Yiddishkeit is the present. Yiddishkeit's about the present. It's a very present. We're not into the past. So what is going on? What is this Yitzhak Mitzrayim that we're supposed to live with? So I want to share, there's, 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 there's obviously a lot, if it's, and obviously many thoughts, but I'm asking you that I'm not telling you a cute vert. 
I'm not telling you, oh, this is so good for my Shabbos table, kids, kids. I'm talking about it. If you want to know life, and life, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim describes life, so it's very kedai to pay attention to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So I want to share an aspect of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim that's very perplexing. And we're, wait, we're not near Pesach, when Parshas Bishalach is the Parsha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Now, Bishalach, it's very confusing. Study the story. We get out of Egypt, we leave Mitzrayim. And then we're in the desert, Hashem took us out, and bizarrely we left and the Egyptians are still alive and kicking. God left them alive, okay? okay I, don't, I don't, you know, he beat the brains out of them. They had death, but he left them alive, okay, cool. And then we're in the desert and we're talking to each other, the Nazis are still alive. Those people that tortured us 86 years, they beat the stuffings out of us, killed our children, tortured us day and night. They got a year of crazy retribution. God pounded them, but left them alive. Okay, I hear, shrug, shrug. And we were out, we took all their money, sayonara, goodbye, good riddance, one last quick middle finger, we're gone, bye, cold tub, see you later. <laughs> and we, we marched out, see you, goodbye and good riddance. We're in the desert, and after being in the desert, God says, I want you to go back to Mitzrayim. That's what he says in Pashas B'Shalach. This is just the story. He says, I want you to turn around and head back to Egypt. Bizarre stuff. Pasuk says, God said, now don't study Chumash, he's talking to you. We're not being from now. We're not like, oh, I'm sure from me. I'm, I came, wow, Sunday afternoon, I'm learning. It's the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Nobody watches that anyway. Not, no, don't be so proud. So, so, you, you, so you study, your mom is a good boy, Pat, Pat. No, let's learn something. Let's find out what Hashem is saying. He's saying to you and I something. Stop, knock off the good boy stuff. He's talking to you. And God says to you and I, this Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we live with this. And God says to us, Go back. Get back to Mitzrayim. Get back to Mitzrayim? We left Mitzrayim. They beat us up for 86 years. We're out. None of Yeshuvah. I want you to go back. Go back to Piachiris. Piachiris was the place that rep its peace. Chazal tell us Piachiris. Why it's called, it's the mouth of freedom. The mouth of freedom used to be called Pisaim. Saim means the stuck. Saim means stuck. It used to be the place of stuck, and now it's the place of freedom. What is Pisaim? Does anybody know what Pisaim is? That was the place where we had torturous slave labor. We built two cities, Pisaim and Ramses. Pisaim was the place we were tortured, beaten to a pulp. A place that represented Avdus, harsh slave labor. A slave. Our children were killed. Our families taken advantage of. Slave labor. Nothing of our own. For 86 years. For decades. Pisaim. Why did it change name to Picheris? Because that represented, when you go back to visit the place where you were tortured, it represents your freedom. You look back. And you feel your freedom. I'm no longer in servitude. And you come back as a free man. It's a very cool place. I walked with my wife in Geula. 
last summer, and I felt so free. Geula to me as a bacher represented insecurity. You're there on a Friday and you want to see your friends, but you don't want to see your friends. You're excited to see them, but you don't know. I was walking with my wife comfortably. It was a machaya. So it, was a, it represented freedom. The place that brought out my insecurity. I know guys who come to the Waterbury Shabbos. That the Shabbos could be a lot of insecurities. It's incredible and the energy in that room on the alumni Shabbos Neretz roll is like amped up. You can cut the air with a knife. There's excitement and love in the room and there's also insecurity in the room. My old friends. And like, so there's, that's in there. With, there's a lot of emotion. There's love, excitement, geschmack to be together and insecurity in the room. You come back in a more secure place in your life. It's very cool. You feel the love, you feel the excitement, the connection, and you celebrate your freedom from insecurity. You just feel comfortable with yourself. It's a beautiful feeling. And Pisaim was a place that represented our servitude and later on our freedom when we stopped serving. That's where I used to, and we walked in as a free man. It's, ah. And Pisaim, it used to be called Pisaim, the mouth of servitude, the mouth of stuck, and now it's called Picheris, the mouth of freedom. And God said, go back there. We escaped. Why am I going back? That's what God commanded. Now, why did God make this command? So Hashem did it. So Paray, it's open in the Pasuk. Why? The Pasuk says, V'amar Paray l'bnei Yisrael. Paray said, even though the translation sounds like to the Jewish people, we weren't in Mitzrayim, he wasn't talking to us. So many Rishayim learn, he said, about the Jewish people. V'amar Paray l'bnei Yisrael. Paray said to us, he wasn't talking to us, he was talking about us. Nevuchimim Baratz, hey, Klal Yisrael is confused. Hey, they're coming back to Mitzrayim. Saragar Aleim Amidbar. Clearly, they're vulnerable in the desert. Remember, we marched out a proud people. Mitzrayim cowered in front of us. They were like humbled. God beat the daylights out of the Mitzrayim for a year. We marched out on top of the world. We said, we didn't go like that. There were other fingers shown. And we walked out of Mitzrayim. And all the Mitzrayim stood there shaking when we left Mitzrayim. All of a sudden in the desert, we turn around and we're like, we're like a mumbling, stumbling group headed back to Egypt. Pare said, they are, uh, they're lost in the desert. They're vulnerable. Let's get them back. So why did God make us turn around? Presumably, you could simply settle and say God did that because he wanted a fool Pare. He wanted Pare come get us. Pare gets us. And you know the story. They all died in the, in the, in the Yamsuf. We crossed, they died. If you, if you accept that story, you're a very accepting guy. It's true, that story. You're not so deep because God's very powerful. And by the way, God could have killed the Mitzrayim in Mitzrayim a long time ago. What is he doing? What is he doing? We escape, we're done. We're done with the Egyptians. He entices them to follow us and kills them there. What's the story? Why did he tell us to go back? Why does he want them to chase us and kill them in Mitzrayim? God could have killed them. By Makas Bechayrus, the Bechayrim died. I promise everybody could have died. God's very strong. But he leaves them alive. 
and we we have like two stories of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. There are two escapes from Egypt. There's escape number one, and the Mitzrayim are kept alive. Then we turn, go back, and we have a second, and we, the Mitzrayim this time follow us, and we go into the Yamsuf, and they all die. What's the second escape? God talks if you pay attention, my friends. If you want to learn Torah real, if you want to be a good boy, you'll, you all learned. You can go to the dorm now, get the end of the Pro Bowl. If you're curious and you want to study Torah and change and be impacted and connected to Hashem, let's think a little bit. Let's study Torah. What's happening? What's happening? What is he doing, Hashem? What is he about? What is he saying? Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we live with this. What's being said to me? I left Mitzrayim. You heard the stories, youngsters. I heard a Rav get up at a hotel I was at. He was like confused. He said, uh, what's the second days of Pesach? The first days is the first year. So you know we have a second days, you don't do Malacha again? Why do you have that? That's weird. Sukkot has no second days. The second days of Sukkot Shemini Atzeris. It's a separate Chag. Pesach has two parts with Asab and Malacha. Why does Pesach have two parts? Just cute. Huh? The two parts are with two Yitzhiyas Mitzrayims. The first part is we got out. And the second part, the last day, is the Kriyas Yamsuf. Why is that divided into two? What are the two parts? So, simply Kriyas Yamsuf, God finished the deal. But he couldn't do it right away. He wasn't like, he was waiting, he was being cute. Why didn't he finish the deal with our first Yitzhiah? What in the world is going on? But not what happened, what's happening. You'll see it's relevant to you and me, to our lives practically. We live with Yitzhiah, Mitzrayim, what's happening? We got out, Mitzrayim are kept alive. God says go back, entice them. They follow us, and then he kills them. What was that? What was that game, that charade? Why do we have two stories and then we have two separate days, Pesach? What in the world is happening? Now, if you're not curious and you like cute, Torah, I could share you Gematria if anybody wants. And we could do a lot of fun stuff if you want. If you care to study Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and say, maybe if God wants us to live with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, there's a very relevant message. That's what I want to talk to today, if you don't mind. I'd like to talk to guys who want to hear, who want to study Torah. What's Hashem saying to me? So the Archaim HaKadosh says as follows. He says as follows. What's the story here? What's the story? What's happening, Ariel? We get out. Daniel, what's happening? We got out of Egypt after being pulverized. Are the Mitzrayim still alive? Absolutely. Were they beaten silly? Yes. Bye. But then we leave. Goodbye, good riddance. God says, go back. We turn around because we're loyal to God and they chase us. Little trick there. They think we're stuck. God like, wink, wink, wink. They chase us. Now we're stuck at the sea. The Mitzrayim coming. The river in front of us and we panic. I want to, what's the second part? And then they, we cross, they drown. What's happening? I want to, I want to for a second I want to, for a second, to explain this Archaim. If you can visualize, you'll be so much better. Could you picture the emotions of us? We're out and safe of Mitzrayim. What are we feeling, Gezi? God loves us. Relief. He loves us. Relationship. God, I love you. 
Oh, you're into me, I'm into you, love. I'll follow you anywhere you want, God. We're in the mid, in the desert, man, delightful, food falling from the heavens, perfect weather conditions, not too sunny, not too cold. We're like in this bubble, it's like, wow, wow. I remember in, in Fort Log feeling this way. We were in a bubble, we were in the desert. The world was shaking like a leaf with COVID, and we had like sushi raining from the heavens. We just, sushi and steaks, all I saw on Fort Log. Sushi and steak and some basketball games and concerts. It was out of this, out of this world, just a bubble of love. We're in a bubble, a little like we have here in, in Durham. Bubble of love. Sushi comes. I roll here. Sushi comes out, and guys like you, and it's a little bit like, like piles of sushi, and guys. The guy takes like 16 pieces. And then it, it, it's like an embarrassment of riches. Chicken, whatever you want, whenever you want, how you want, beseder. Another platter, another platter. More chicken, more schnitzel. Tough life. The kitzer is that we're in the desert and we're with Hashem and He loves us. He hugs us. He's with us. We're going along in the desert short while, and all of a sudden, our, Hashem says, turn back or towards Mitzrayim. Parah sees we're lost, because we're headed to Mitzrayim, chases us. Now, he caught up, we're at the Yam, and the vaunted Israel, Egyptian army has us pinned. There's no escape. We're at the Yam, death in front of us, and Mitzrayim, death behind us. The proverbial rock in a hard place. We're done. The Jewish people are like, God, I don't get you. What do you want? What do you want from me? All that for this? All that love for this? What do you want? What do you want, Hashem? I felt it. I knew it. I know it. I experienced you. I love you, Hashem. What are you doing? What are you doing? You run the world. You showed me that with the Makkas. You control the world. You do anything and you showed you love me. What, what's happening? I don't get it. I don't understand you, Hashem. And I used to have doubts when I was in Egypt. But you showed me. You answered all my doubts. I have such clarity. I left with complete clarity. Trust in you, faith. Reliance on you. I, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. And now what? I don't get you, God. I don't, what game are you playing with me? Are you, what, what, what's wrong with you, Hashem? Mm-hmm. I just said over Maishu Rabbeinu's prayer to God. That's what Maishu Rabbeinu was saying to Hashem. I don't understand you. What Hashem tell Maishu, stop screaming. Travel forward. Matitzak Eli, what are you screaming at me? Tell the Jewish people to travel forward. Huh? Travel forward is death. You walk into the Yam. And the Archaim HaKadosh says like this. Hashem, this is how, not how it worked back then. This is how it works all our life. Hashem hands us clarity of His love of us. And we serve Him. And it's important to soak in that love and that connection. That's the first part of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And then he takes it all away and he says, I want you to prove it. I want you to live with faith when the chips are down. Before we got out, 
we weren't asked to do anything. We left Mitzrayim. We were not a participant in part one of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. It was gifted to us. We did not do anything. He punished the Mitzrayim. There was some zechusim. There was some merits. But mostly mem teshari tumah. There were reasons. There were signs. But the Iker was Hashem. We did not actively do anything at the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We definitely had good characteristics. We're good people. We come from Avram Avinu. But we, we, ostensibly it was Hashem. We weren't asked in the first Yitzhia to be participants. Hashem put us on a magic carpet ride. And it's important and it's celebrated. That's the first days of Pesach. And the first leaving represents Hashem hugging and kissing and giving to us fully. And we're just basking in His love and feeling a relationship. And then Morty takes it all away. Mitzrayim, Yam. What's our job? Live with faith. Show you trust me. Walk into the Yam. Go into the Yam. Dabra b'nei Yisrael v'Yisrael. Live with Emunah. At that point, we walk in. The Yam splits. We walk through. The Mitzrayim are killed. Because Hashem wants our involvement. And what Hashem does, and this is true all our lives, is tremendous kindness. We all have Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim moments. Moments of tremendous clarity and tremendous kindness. And we feel Hashem's love. We feel Hashem's presence in our life with immense clarity. Those are very important moments. Celebrate them, appreciate them. And then inevitably when he takes away his, his, the apparent, the openness of it, he's saying, I want your participation. I want you to live with faith. When the chips are down, when you're not feeling it, when you're not seeing it, what is going on? Travel, go into the yam and live with me. And we walked into the yam. Out of our minds, we're going, Hashem told us to go to Eretz Yisrael. But you're crazy, you're going to all drown. There's just one guy, no? He led it, we all followed. We jumped into the yam. We jumped in Dabra B'nai Yisrael V'Yiso. Go into the yam. One person led the charge, Nashem ben Aminadav, and we followed. We all went in. It didn't split right away. And even if it split for some, it's very scary because waters don't stay split. And all of us walked into a yam whose nature is to kill anybody who's in there. And with tremendous faith in Hashem, we walked through the yam with faith in Hashem. And the answer that Archaim HaKadosh says is the first part of, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is all from Hashem. We're not involved participants. And the second part of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, you and I are involved with faith. When it's difficult, and it's the story of our life always. There'll always be Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim moments and those are important. When Hashem reveals and shows and there's clarity, those are very important to be marked and celebrated. And there'll always be the second part of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim when Hashem hides. And He says, I want your move. When it's dark and unclear, continue to go with me. Prove your mettle and be a part of it. The part that Mitzrayim dies is when we're involved. That's not by accident. Nothing is. The part that's a death blow to Mitzrayim is when we have to be involved and we needed faith. When it wasn't clear and it wasn't just ride, on, just ride and, and, and enjoy the show. When we have to be involved is when the Mitzrayim are killed, the second party, Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's when the Mitzrayim all die because we made our stance. To say it in this Nusuch, when the Mitzrayim are, when the, the first step we're not involved, God took us out of Mitzrayim, but Mitzrayim still exists. 
But when we make the move, Mitzrayim represents stuck. Mitzrayim represents godlessness. And when he takes us out, Mitzrayim still exists. We're just not there. When we make a move, when we express emunah, faith, and we jumped into the Yam, and now the second part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we made a move, Mitzrayim ceases to exist. It's no longer it's there, we're just not in it. We actually hurt Mitzrayim. We actually, we actually defeated forces of Egypt. That's the second part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Dar Chaim HaKadosh explains. So when Hashem said, go back, He said, I wanted you to taste something and feel something. Now I ask you to get involved. This is literally how life works. Literally. This is not yesterday. We put on tefillin, mezuzah, kiddush, yantiv. We do a lot because this is Shabbos, yantiv, represents Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And the story of life is Hashem. There's a Pasuk in Shir Hashirim. It says, Mashcheni, Hashem, please pull me close. I need to feel you, Mashcheni. I need to feel you. I need to, I need to have some sign, Mashcheni. And after you pull me, Acharecha Narutza, I'm going to run after you. Show me something. Show me some sign. And after you show me a sign, I am going to run after you. Even though the sign I know will go away, I know how this world works. I'll run through the yam. I'll run in the yam. I'll run after you. I'll trust you. But Mashcheni, please pull me towards you. Show me something. Show me something. Give me a start. Get me going. Show me so I have what to go on. That's the story of growth. Is mashcheni, is the pull, the letting go, and acharecha narutza. I have watched guys in all different aspects of steiging. You watch anybody's path of growth is a very quick run, very fast. We left Mitzrayim bichipazin with speed. And then we're in the desert 40 years. Everybody's growth works like that. An initial burst, kindness of Hashem, and then people figure it out. There's sometimes even a little bit of a dip, of a fall. Well, one second. Yeah, you showed me something. I felt something. I experienced something. Mashcheni, you've dragged me. You've grabbed me. You've pulled me close. I'm going to run after you, Hashem. Through water up to my neck, I'm going to express faith. But I beg you, Hashem, along the way, hug me again. I need another hug. Every once in a while, God, Mashcheni, please show me something. I need it. We always, all our life, it's not like it happened already. We lived as Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and both components. Avi, all our lives, we have both components. All our lives. We have the hug and the pull and the apparent. Hashem shows us. He winks, he hugs, he kisses. It's like, and then the times it's not so clear, but Amuna, faith. The Yid runs in the Yam when it's not so clear. That's the story of our lives. We wrap it, we kiss it, we make Kiddush, we have Shabbos, we have Yantiv, we live with that. The two parts of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Maish, do you hear the two parts? Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Two parts. Of, these are the two. Maish, you hear the two parts of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Two parts of the Exodus. The part where we're just past, where we're watchers, we're observers, we're spectators to Hashem's love of us. And we just soak it up, and those are so precious and important. We, we're, we're pulled, we're hugged, we're led, we're taken. And then, and then it all seems to go away, and we freak. Ah, 
we start screaming. Hashem says, Go further, go further. Emun, I want your involvement. I know you could do it when it's easy. I know there are times you feel it and experience it and see it. I'm going to take it away. God, I'll run after you. I'll follow you. Even I, I don't feel what I used to feel. Does this sound like a history lesson, my friends? <laughs> there's no history. There's no history. It's just my week and your week. I'm just it's Sunday, and then we might as well talk about the coming weekend last week all at once. Could you, do you have a guitar here? Is there a guitar in the room? Could you please get a guitar? Thank you, Shlomo. Do you know the song where you describe you describe the two Yitzhi Mitzrayim? Like an English song. Like a very emotional... What? It's your, it's your song. Gorgeous English song. Like to remind me what I felt then. Yeah. Do you want to hear this? You want to hear the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim sang by a guy in Yeshua? Do you want to hear it? That's code for remember the words, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's going to sing. You want to hear it sung first, Maish? Maybe sometimes what I can't do in words, a guy could do in a song. He sang about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the two parts, when it's clear and when I don't remember. And trying to remember the first days, connecting the first days. You know this song of our days? Let's take the afternoon. Well, that's right. You think I'm about to play, Manachem? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Imagine like a she every once in a while, you give like a strum and then. He's coming, man. I'm Irish. They're important moments, stopping, feeling what we need to feel, experiencing what we need to ex- be present to them. Be present. What were you asking, Maish? Like, it doesn't feel like every day Hashem not like giving us that extreme like going to society. Like, that seems like a once in a life, like once in a like, that's how we talk about it. Like, it's huge. Now, like, that's when you hear this story, does this sound like an old story? You know, when I hear it, I can. I'm bored, I don't. I'm bored. Of like a cry if I'd be more vulnerable right now. The story sounds like so remarkable. This journey of life. Yeah, the extreme. Right. How it happens. Sing us song? this song. Listen to this song. Lady, I want you to hear this song. This is an oldie. Daniel, check out this song because I think it describes. Daniel, check this out. Avi, listen to this song. This is the song that I think describes the two UTS Mitzrayim in many ways. Please listen well. Can you scroll for me? Thank you. Thank you. 
This guy's been playing play the whole time as he told me. Listen to the words. I don't know. Ariel, listen to the words.
Till the next time I fall apart The next time I don't know where you are It don't take long to find me Send something to remind me Shows are just what I need to grow And this rock cave is where I train my soul The heat and I'll share me You're telling me that I'm never stuck I'm leaving those walls behind Be talked all in my safe I did not say it about a millionth as well as Arya just said it. <laughs> if you didn't follow the psukim, you just heard the psukim. Arya just told you the psukim, and I couldn't think of like a better pirish on the psukim. What Arya just explained that we left Mitzrayim, and Hashem said, Turn around and go back now. Turn around and go back. And I want the escape this time to be from you. And I'm going to take away a lot of the clarity, and the Mitzrayim are on us. Hashem, Hashem, I thought you, you were taking care of Hashem, so now it's your turn. Mitzrayim are on us, and we have to jump in the yam. And there's a whole nother Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Another Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, energized and encouraged by the first Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the awareness that we've gained from the first Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and Binyamin and Aryeh asked, like, I want to remember that, I want to feel that, and that's the challenge in the second part of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, that we have experienced stuff, now go with what you know. Jump in. Let's go. Let's go. It's on you now. And the second Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, that we have such a part in, that we have a tremendous chelak in, that we jump in to high and rushing waters. <laughs> and we are part of the second Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And in that Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the Mitzrayim die. They're finished. They're all wiped out. That's the second part of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. These are the two aspects of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim that live with us always. Then, now, and always. So thank you for that song. Thank you for the Pshat and the Pesuk. Because the, the real Yitzhiyah, the ultimate Yitzhiyah is Hashem says, I want you to be partners. Because Mitzrayim represents no relationship to Hashem. A relationship has to be from both sides. So Mitzrayim ends when it's from both sides. That's when we, the, both sides mean we have part in this relationship too. That's when the chip, that's Emunah. The erisin Tashem, the marriage, Kedushin Tashem is with faith. The relationship happens when it's from both sides. Shem's always there for us. Erisin, the marriage is You're married to me when you have faith, when it comes from you also. So the first time we left is Hashem courted us. But Kedushin happens when the man and lady are both involved. So Hashem courts us. He tells us, I love you and want you. Now I want you, you have to do something. Emunah, faith. Be'erastich li be'emunah. 
The marriage is emuna. Yes. Is it always when you go there that first will come the hug, then will come Hashem saying no? Have They're faith constant in our life, constant hugs and times. He can't ask us have faith if we haven't seen before. So we have to experience a tremendous form of love that says to me, I want to run after. It has to be. I'm going to choose to jump into the water. There has to be, I have to feel it, Hashem. We beg Hashem. We beg Hashem. Mashcheni, please pull me. I, you can't is ask it me. Is on the person to feel that? That's just Hashem's job. I mean, are you, is it, is it's it not Yamin and Aryeh. If we live unnoticing, if we live unnoticing, one of the most important songs ever written in the yeshiva, we're a place of songs. When guys wrote, somebody wrote the song, Pull Me Closer, and somebody's begging Hashem, pull me closer, show me a sign. And then he comes to a yeshiva and he's loved, and he says, Hashem, you've showed me a sign. That was a very, maybe from the most important songs to me ever written. Because our job is when we experience love, to chap that Hashem sent it. When we have difficulties, we know Hashem sent it. We say, God, I don't get it. Why are you? When we have goodness, Hashem is sending the goodness. So there is some work for us to like open our eyes and see it. The goodness that he's sending us, the goodness that is certainly from him. If we want to ignore that, so then we don't, that, that's why we have this, there's an importance to the first part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And maybe even a task. Our task is just open your eyes, feel the love. Did you ever meet somebody who just doesn't, is unwilling? I have met, I met, I remember a guy in yeshiva telling me that, that he has such bad mazel. I, and the whole place was crazy over this guy. He said, do you have like the whole yeshiva is in love with you? And it took him a while like to be a receptacle of love, to feel he has so much love and goodness surrounding him. So that's on him. The first part of Pesach is to be a vehicle to accept love. Gosh, you're into it. To feel it, to experience it, to soak it in. That helps us. To the first part of Pesach, there's a task also, feel the love. Recognize, soak it in, bask in it. There's the first days of Pesach. It's not like the first days don't count. The first days are awesome. First days of Pesach is celebrating Hashem's clear displays of love. I want you. I chose you. I, I'm into you. And then the second days express this higher. It says you have to kriyas yamsu vayaminu b'ashem. We believed in Hashem. Whenever you say vayaminu b'ashem, they didn't believe earlier. The Svasem is yes, the Kashem. We didn't believe earlier. We were like a little. Anybody left was doubtful. Yet after Kriyas Yamsov, Svayaminu Bashem. You're only a believer. The true test of believer is when it's taken away the obvious. And you're called. Vayaminu Bashem after Kriyas Yamsov is the relationship was because we had displayed our Emunah and lived with our Emunah. The first time we knew, but it was all clarity. When he took it away and we ran with what we knew, now it's Vayaminu, a level of Emunah that's. That's when the Emunah is like, the relationship just completely changed and developed. Is that what Purim was? I don't want to talk about Purim yet. You guys are going to start drinking, Uvenyana. Purim something else. I'm talking about Pesach. <laughs> Uvenyana like sounded the Purim bells. Dangerous, Uvenyana, but you know I'm against drinking. Even on Perm? No, no, Perm. You're going to make up for the rest of the <laughs>
We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. We have perm fits in too. We're talking about Pesach. We're talking about Pesach now. What's unique about the night of Pesach? I'm asking the question. Every Jewish kid asks. What's unique about the night of Pesach, Morty? What's unique the night of Pesach, my friends? You don't say Kriyash Malel Shimurim? Good answer. What else? The vegetables, good answer. Hallel. Do you ever say Hallel at night, my friends? Ever the whole year? What's Hallel? Clarity, open miracles. The night is the opposite of Hallel. You don't say Hallel at night, that's ludicrous. The night's not a time to say Hallel. You never all year round will ever say Hallel at night. Do you say Hallel at night on Sukkot or Shavuos? Of course not. You don't say Hallel at night. What's the only time the whole year we say Hallel at night, my friends? The Lela Seder. Why is there Hallel at night? Don't be shallow. The night represents we're not clear. We're not clear. It's not a time for Hallel. The night contradicts. Hallel is I am absolutely clear. I see you, God. Hallel is about open miracles. You don't say Hallel at night. You're a faker if you say Hallel at night. You're a fraud. The night's not Hallel. At night is I'm trying, Hashem. You're a fraud. You're a good boy if you say Hallel at night. You're being like a good boy. They're not good boys. Don't say Hallel at night. Mm-hmm. Yet the Lela say do we say Hallel? That's weird. Why doesn't the kid ask that question? He asked four questions. Why doesn't he ask that question? Didn't happen. I'm asking you. Ruben Yaina says, me can raya not to say it in shul. <laughs> good raya, very good. Do you say it in shul, Ruben Yaina? You're Ashkenazah Svar. Why doesn't the kid ask? I never said howl at night before. You don't like my shot. That what? He didn't do it yet. He did it in shul. Not everybody. The guys who did it, so you have a raya not to do it in shul. Kasha's called the second, the second seder. First Seder, first Seder, we said Hallel and Shul. I say Hallel at night, my friends. What's the answer? There is no night on Pesach, silly. There's no night on Pesach. There's no night. Pesach's clarity, the first days of Pesach, remember, is utter clarity. There's no doubt. God took us out. There was no night. Night is this place, no night. Remember on Shabbos, you don't say good night, my friends. Pesach's the spitz. There's no night on Pesach. There's no night, Pesach. It's Nishtana Alayla, Mikol Alaylois. This is one of the most embarrassing. Please don't publicly show me small print. This happens a lot. Any normal you <laughs> this is very hard for me. A guy watched a video of a shear and he said he really got like hurt. He said, "Don't get old on us, Kalish. I'm really sorry. Your te- when you show somebody print, any normal person goes, and I'm like, I'm like, 
<laughs> I, mean, I apologize. <laughs> we, I have this running thing with my wife. My wife said, except you're, we're young, I'm like a teenager still. My wife's like, except gracefully your age. And I'm very into, no, nope, refusing. My father, can I know her? plays tennis, he'll play you the toughest set of your life. He, I never heard him say, he's very competitive, oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I just want anything that I could pull close, not pull away. At my Shabbos, I like reading a Rashi, and I like look to see, yeah, what, what happens when you fall on the ski course, guys? What's, you have the craziest fall of your life skiing. Think, don't, what's, What's the first thing? Be honest. The first thing you do, you have the craziest wipeout. You're not sure if you're alive. You're not sure if you broke any bones yet. You're really unsure. You may be concussed and have fractured bones. Chas might have happened. What's the first thing you do before you check how many bones you broke? 100%. You look around to see if anybody saw you fall. Thousand percent. That, that's me. You look around. Then afterwards, I find out of my living what's the like the next problems. But the first step is you look around. Did anybody see? Let's be honest. You know, on the base mesh, you ever lie down a base mesh and you have this oh, yeah. thing that you fell. You know, when you're sleeping and you think you fall and you jump up. The first thing you do is, did anybody see that? You look around, and the guy next to you always makes, believe it, didn't see <laughs> I always know if he's looking too far the other way, shucks, he saw. <laughs> but let's be honest, the first thing, it's embarrassing, you felt. So there's like a Rashi passed at the Shabbos, there was small print like shucks. I look at my kids, they're not looking, like, move it away. No, I put it down, like, quickly, they turn back. But thank you, Shleimer, for the bigger print. Thank you, Tzvi. Tzvi wrote that the Chdush explains that truth, something that we know to be true. And Muna refers something that we believe. Interest, very interesting. He speaks about the Muna of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Muna Kolzeis that we say by Meir, the Muna, the Laila. The Kitzer is that Pesach night, my friends, there is no night. That's why we say Halal at night, because it ain't a night. That's why we say Halal at night. But, but I, th- this, this point in how the first days work, the utter clarity, there is no night. To the second days, we don't say Halal at night. In the second days, there's a second day, say Halal again at night. There is our faith. There went dark. Mitzrayim, Yam, and we had faith. We had Emunah. Should I show you something cool? I if I should show you this. So I have to get to New York. I really don't have so much time. I'm going to tell you one last thought on faith. Hashem told us in Parashas B'Shalach every single day to go pick up man. Every day we picked up man for our families. In Oimer Lagulgoyles, in Oimer a certain mida, a certain measurement per head in the family. We picked up a certain amount of money. If you had seven people, you picked up seven imrim of money. You were commanded to pick up money every single day. It's interesting that Maishra Rabbeinu commanded us. 
Maish Rabbeinu commanded us the following command. He said, Nobody leave over the month till the morning. Did God tell Maisha to say that to us? It's interesting. In the Psukim before, it says, Hashem said to Maisha, saying, Hashem commanded, Lick to me menu ishlafi achlai. Pick what you need. In Aymer per head, according to the numbers of people you have in your family. Then Maisha Rabbeinu said, Don't leave over till the morning. Did God tell us not to leave over till the morning? You weren't allowed to leave over any money. Do you know how challenging this was, my friends? You had a family of six kids. You know how much pressure a man has to feed his family? Do you know if a man doesn't make parnasa, it's depressing? It's instinctive in a man. Do you know how good I feel when I make money and I can bring a check to my wife? I feel good about it. Because a man instinctively wants to take care of his family. I love getting things for my kids. I love clothing my kids. It's instinctive. I signed a document called the Ksuba that I'm going to take care of my family. And I have good old-fashioned chivalry. I feel good taking care of my family. I feel good about it. A man was designed to support his family. He was built to take care of his family. That's why he signs Iksuba. He was built. It's a very good feeling. It's very manly. We were built to supply and take care of our family. Our wives and children's life depend on us, and we care for them physically and emotionally. It's a very good feeling. Here's a guy in the desert, has a beautiful family, and he picks mun. That's how he could take care. He goes out, puts on his dungarees, and picks up the money, he brings home gift from Hashem. By the way, when it all finishes, what are we eating tomorrow? Oh, Hashem will make a miracle again. Maybe he won't. Maybe we won't deserve it tomorrow. Maybe we'll be punished. Every instinct is to leave over some money to say, let's, I'll save my own portion, my friends. I'll eat half of it just so my family won't starve. Do you know what it means to deplete your bank account? You have nothing left. Avrami Gartnaus is named after the Kapitschnitzer Rebbe. Kapitschnitzer Rebbe, Avrami bears his name, it's his great-grandfather. Rev. Aaron Cutler said about him that he was the greatest in chesed in the generation. Rev. Aaron Cutler wasn't given to hyperbole, to, to exaggeration. He said he was the kindest person in the world, in the generation. The Kapitschnitzer Rebbe at times said, there's money in my bank account and that people have needs. I don't want a penny. Emptied his bank account. You know what it means to have zero dollars and zero cents? There were times before Kiddush on Friday. Shabbos was coming, he said, why would I have money in the account and another year it's hungry? End my bank account, give it to Anim. He went into Shabbos, no dollars, no cents, and some Ani had money in his bank account. Do you know what that means? You have a family and you don't have a bank account and uh, what am we eating? What am I, forget what am I eating tomorrow, I'll, I'll survive. I'll go, what am I giving to my wife? What am I giving to my children? And Maish Rabbeinu commands us, Al yosmi menu ad baika, you're not allowed to leave over mun till the morning. You know what that means? Yeah, it's going to have mun tomorrow, I hope. I think. Who did God tell us this, Daniel? Al yosmi menu ad baika. Maisha doesn't even quote Hashem. The Archaim HaKadosh talks about this. If God gave the tzivoy, it doesn't say God gave the tzivoy. And it's interesting 
it says that Dasan Vaviram Bala Shamuel Maisha didn't listen to Maisha by Yasira Nashmar Baika and they left it till the morning. Why does it say they didn't listen to Maisha? Duh! Maisha says, don't leave till the morning. And they left till the morning. Why is that? They didn't listen to Maisha. Are you, we're all very smart. If Maisha, read the Psukim. Don't leave till the morning. And listen to Maisha. And they did leave till the morning. So why does it say they didn't listen to Maisha? Just say they left till the morning. And obviously they didn't listen to Maisha. Like for those who aren't, don't chap, but that's called not listening. Why does it record they didn't listen? The Archaim HaKadosh explains that they weren't defying Hashem. They didn't think Maisha was right. Now why did Maisha say, don't leave it over till the morning? Why did Maisha Rabbeinu say, don't leave it till the morning? Why did he say that? I wonder if he deduced it from God's word. I suspect and want to say a pshat that Maish Rabbeinu was making a harchaka. The Rabbanan have a chiv asusiyag l'tayra. We had a chiv to pick man every day. If we leave over, a yid's not going to pick man every day. There was a chiv to pick man every day. If a yid left over, he'll say, I don't need today. I'm not going to go out. Why would I go out today? I have, I have my fridge full of some man of yesterday. I don't know. I don't know, somehow Maish Rabbeinu deduced it from God. I don't know if it was a harchaka, asu siyag If God said every day you have a tzuva to pick, so then, then harchakas don't have man left over. This way you'll have no choice but to pick. Or if he saw that's what Hashem wanted in his words. The Archaim sounds like he deduced it. What? It wouldn't get spoiled. So like, I thought Hashem didn't want you to leave it before it's just been spoiled. Oh, you just have to the next part. So listen to this. I'll tell you what Ezzy just said. Bottom line is, is they don't listen to Maisha. That's what it means. They don't listen to Maisha. They weren't defying Hashem. They weren't stupid. They were starting up with Maisha. We don't like what you said, Maisha. There was like a machlaikas in the base medrash. Maisha Rabbeinu said, don't leave over. They didn't listen to Maisha. And they left. They weren't denying Hashem. They were defying Maisha. The next, what happens? They don't listen to Maisha. And what happens? They leave over money and it all gets spoiled. What does it say? Maisha gets mad. Why did he get mad? Because they defied him. So then I have a cash. Why does it say he got spoiled? It should say they left it over and Maisha gets mad. It's not what it says. They left over money. What happened the next morning? It all was rotted and disgusting and unedible. Maisha gets mad. Why does it say what happened to the man? That's not why he was mad, Daniel. He was mad they left over. The Pashtus. They defied him and left over man. So it should say they left over. Maisha got mad. And by the way, the man they left over spoiled, but it doesn't say. So they left over. The man got spoiled. Maisha got mad. He got mad because it spoiled, or he got mad because they left over, as he? They left over. So why is the tired word that they left over? It got spoiled. Maisha got mad. Say they left over, Maisha got mad. And by the way, the man got spoiled. He got mad because they left over, not because it got spoiled. We're led to believe that he got mad at them because it got spoiled. That's part of the problem, what they did. Because think about before Dasan Vaviram, millions of Yidin every single night lived with their Munah and did what? If you had leftover mud, you either, could you have burnt it? I think you're allowed to burn it. What happened if you had some leftover money? You could either share it with each other or burn it. Lachar, you can give it to your neighbor, your friend, to eat, I think. Maybe you have to, if there was leftover. 
Right, but let's say the amount, an oimer lagagaylist, even if you took more, it ended up being an oimer. What do you do with the oimer if you had leftovers? I don't know if you're allowed to give it to another family member, and if you have to, I'll yaysman a bike, maybe you can burn it. You can't leave it over. So, for years, because God says Maisha said so. Now, why he wanted. Maisha said no leaving over. Now, what he wants, faith. That act of burning it is counterintuitive. You have nothing left. You're empty. You're being like the Kapitschnitzer. You're emptying your bank account. What am I doing tomorrow? Faith. So every year got an opportunity to express faith. What happened when Dustin Vaviram left over? What happened to the man? It all got disgusting. What happened the next night? There was no more ability to express faith. Because there was no point to leave it over. So Maisha was upset. You robbed our experience of faith. Before you guys, it didn't help what you did. But before what you did, we all got the opportunity to express faith in God. It might help if I leave it over. I'm burning it. I'm trusting Hashem. And we got that. Maisha was upset at the lost opportunity of expressing faith. There's the opposite of that we tend to think, my friends. We say, oh, Hashem, what are you doing to me? You're making all these challenges. After the, it spoiled, there were no more challenges. Gishmak, what's the point? Like as he said, hey, it's easy now. You just eat the money. It doesn't help to leave it over. We lost that opportunity to have that level of faith. Moshe was very upset at them. That's why Moshe commanded them not to leave it over in the first place? No, that's not. No, no I don't want to say that. No, because that, that either is deducing from Hashem's words. I don't think so. But he by Yixvalim, I mean, maybe, maybe, did Maisha know this? Did Maisha have some, like, prophecy? I don't know. That's, that's interesting theory. That it's unclear to me where Maisha knew not to leave it over. But he got upset when they did it and it rotted. He's like, by Yixvalim, Maisha, you took away the opportunity of faith now. It's amazing to view opportunities of difficulty, of, of burning the man that a, a yid lives like that, and to view an opportunity to express, I want to show Hashem, I, I, I follow you and I have faith. That's the story of the deserts, the story of the second part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. It's so cool how the man worked. We get man, is Hashem is the story of all of our life. Mashcheni, here's man. Ha, ah, you love me, Hashem. I feel it, I experience it. That night, that night, that night, burn the leftover man. Al Yasir Menu at Biker. Burn it, burn it, burn it. And the Yid burnt the man who ate the man and got rid of it. It's like, ah, ah, ah. Faith, faith. And the next day, what happened? The man fell. Then that night, burn it, the leftover. The night, the night, this clarity. Burn the leftover man. And how hard that was to empty yeah, every year. That'd be the Kapitsch, it's a Rebbe. You emptied your bank account. You know how hard it is to empty your bank account? What am I doing tomorrow? Faith. Amazing experience in the desert. And Das and Baviram, they, they, they actually did damage to that experience. They left it to the morning. It all got rotted. And the year had no choice. It took away the opportunity of the displaying the faith at night. Cool.
Okay, there's more to learn. Parshas B'Shalach. This is one parsha that we don't really go on from because you're going to put on till and tomorrow and next month and in a few months. So you're not really leaving this parsha. But for now, let's dive in.